Welcome to The Ride Podcast by the Horse and Rider editorial team. The Ride takes you on a deep dive into stories of horse men and women who have inspired us for generations. I'm your host, Michaela Jaycox, and I will be taking you into the Horse and Rider vault to explore stories crafted by leading authors in horse and rider history to expand your understanding of the personalities that shape this Western horse life. Hi guys, welcome back to the Ride Podcast, and like we've told you in 2019, we wanted to start doing more interviews on this podcast, so that way we can talk to the greatest horsemen and women of our time, and with this episode, we reached out to Chris Pfizer, who is with Rider Fit, to, you know, help start, kick off your 2020 fitness goals. I know Nicole and I, and Chelsea included, have started a fitness journey And we actually started in 2019, but it always helps to have that resolution for 2020. So Chris has a lot of great tips for all of you guys, and I am excited to, you know, share this interview. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty wild how we met Chris, because uh, like Michaela said, our fitness has been a really big part of our lifestyle in the last six months. Um, We're boxing over at a gym called the Corner Boxing Club, and Carrie Berry, the owner, uh, introduced us to Chris, and she... Um, just mentioned that, you know, she knew a horse person that's super into fitness and health. And I know that she also does stretch therapy and massage therapy. And she was just like, I think this would be a really great connection for you guys. Um, when we talked to her, we knew that we wanted to have her on the podcast because we thought that it would just be a really cool way to introduce you guys to different aspects of the sport. Um, instead of maybe just horse trainers and people that show horses all the time, she's still really active in the horse community. Um, with her ranch sorting. She runs all those, and she has a huge background. In yeah, writing. it's really diverse. I think I first came in contact with her um, when we were planning our summer issue travel, working, writing about some ranch sorting activities in the Colorado, Wyoming area. So I think she's she's really valuable to have on this podcast. I'm really glad Michaela got to kind of pick her brain about fitness and, and her horse journey as well as her fitness journey. So it's going to be a fun interview. Yeah, it really is. And we've said she just has a wide background and it's not just for people who compete. I mean, she is here for everyone, whether you're trying to rehab yourself. I mean, I learned a lot because um, as a rider, I always thought that just going to the barn and lifting hay bales, throwing hay into the loft, carrying water buckets, mucking stalls was good enough for fitness. And on my fitness journey, I've learned that there's a lot more to it, and it really helps you become a better rider. Even if you're just going down the trail and your horse stumbles, and you're able to catch your horse and stay with him, or if you're competing in the barrel racing, you need to keep up with a fast-paced horse. There's so much more to fitness and riding than some people have any idea about. Than being in the saddle. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I really liked in this interview that we did uh, was her talking about um, injuries and how as a horse person, I'm guilty of it. I'm sure you guys are guilty of it too. Like you, you get hurt and it's, you're, it's just part of it. That's part of riding. You hurt, you've hurt yourself, but she really talks about how, you know, injuries really can hurt your horsemanship and it can bother your horse and it causes your horse to be imbalanced. And so she really breaks down the importance of taking care of your body and healing injuries. And, you know, we mentioned concussions a little bit and talking about like how you can kind of prevent things from getting worse. Well, before we go, I want to say, too, if you're really passionate about this topic of fitness and you want to make some steps in the right direction for the new year, check out our website. We've got a whole section on rider fitness. We've done a lot of work on that over the years um, with some great writers and some great fitness experts. So we've got all the resources you need to start 2020 off right. 
So on this episode, we have Chris with us, and she is into equestrian fitness. So Chris, can you tell us a little bit about um, what you do and all of the different ventures that you're involved in? Mm, Okay. Well, my background is um, I am a neuromuscular medical massage therapist. I'm also a level three medical stretch therapist, uh, and then I'm an advanced strength and fitness coach. And I have been in the industry as far as health and fitness probably for 20, 25 years. And then my equestrian background, I did all the typical quarter horse, uh, showed AQHA for about eight years, both English and Western, Uh, did the little britches drill, did college rodeo, state rodeo, and now I'm a producer uh, in Colorado with uh, Ranch Lord National Championships for ranch sorting. So I've just came to a place of I need to refresh my fitness career and I threw my hobby in with it and so I still work with a lot of athletes from other sports but primarily equestrian now. Cool so the best of both worlds. Yeah I'm having fun. (laughs) Yeah so what exactly drew you into the fitness aspect of it? Oh gosh Um, I was a flight attendant and when everybody on their layovers was going shopping I was in the gyms And I just kept pursuing it, and then pretty soon people were asking if they could catch workouts with me when I was on certain layovers. Uh, And then I actually competed in uh, the National Physique Committee in fitness competitions. Yeah, so I just kept on going, and you know, it's just the fitness, when you're in it, it becomes a lifestyle. It's, It's a choice, and it's just how our whole household works. Yeah, so being in fitness, Nicole and I have recently gotten back into different types of fitness, and we love it. But can you tell us more about how being fit can help you as a rider? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, the first understanding is you're on, you know, a 12 to 1,500-pound animal that's moving. And sometimes those animals will move in a direction you're not anticipating, um, and it depends on the sport, whether you are out trail riding uh, on, you know, terrain. Uh, if you're in an arena and you're moving at high speed, you've got to have an incredible reflex reaction on the back of that horse. Um, of course, the judges are also watching how easy you're making it look. And there's a lot going on as far as how easy you make that look, uh, as far as what you're doing with your lower body, your core strength. And the majority of riders I have worked with, are accomplishing looking good riding while they're struggling with a lot of pain and injuries. And they're able to mask that, and then when they step off, uh, that's when the cameras get turned off. Because <laughs> there's a lot going on for riders. So what kind of program do you work with them since it's more of a physical pain, more so than you know just strictly getting in shape type of thing. Yeah, that's usually where I enter in with the riders is when they're in a state of a lot of pain. And at that point, I know also the pain came from uh, weakness as far as a history of that. So I deal with the pain management part of it. And then, you know, whether somebody's an equestrian or not, after every session, I give two tools for them to take away to work on strength, whether they have access to a facility, whether they're at home, because even though the pain might get alleviated, they've got to get strong again. And that's kind of that sports preventative injury aspect of it. 
Right. And I know Nicole has experienced a lot of different injuries throughout her <laughs> career. So I'm sure she probably has some questions lined up for you, Chris. Okay. And Well, like the thing that interested me actually is, you know, a lot of the riders that we talk to, they're like, well, I am fit. I am active. I ride my horse. I do barn chores. But like I, there's so much that they're missing by not adding in that strength routine. Can you kind of explain the, the importance of like on top of like, yes, you're active in the barn and you're doing, you know, chores and, you know, cleaning stalls and all that, but you have to have that strength training too. You do. And it has to go like with anything sport specific. And I, what I think really a lot of equestrians get caught up in is I don't have time because they, most of them are working a full-time job. And then when they do have time, they're keeping those horses conditioned. They're taking care of the barn, taking care of the feeding. And that's usually what I hear is where am I going to fit in working out? Um, there's also the, um, the assumption that in order to work out, you're going to need to at least block out an hour a day. And that's not the case. What I usually set up for people is I've got to work in with their time management skills. Um, so what I put together, if they can do it 20 minutes, three times a week, that is manageable. Some people choose, okay, give me a little bit more. Some say a little bit less, but either way, what I incorporate is sports-specific or rider-specific exercises that they can do at home. And you were talking about your ranch sorting, which is another thing that you were doing on top of all of the other, <laughs> right. of the other tasks at hand. Mm -hmm. um, but you were telling us before we started the podcast that you can't even go to a, a, a sorting anymore without like a ton of people just coming at you asking for advice or training tips. And um, can you kind of talk a little bit about like what, what kind of things people are interested in learning more about? Yeah, and that's just it. You know, they're asking a lot because now they have come to understand there's a resource they can go to. Um, I think a lot of us just settle for it. We consider it, it's just the nature of the beast, you know. So, yeah, my hips hurt, and I can't rotate my hips very well. Um, my knees hurt, my back hurts, my neck hurts. But, you know, that just comes with it, and they leave it at that. Well, of course, it's only going to get worse. So when people started getting to know me through the ranch sorting and found out what I did, um, then they just kind of start coming out of the woodwork, you know, it hurts to turn my head to the right, you know, when I need to look in that direction, what can I do? Um, I see a lot of, now with English, mounting blocks, I can understand when that horse is like 18 hands. <laughs> Plus, we always want to protect the spine of the horse uh, and keep it in proper alignment. With Western, most everybody's just hopping on from the ground. I see a lot of people, um, and it's not just ranch sorting, it can be any event, uh, Western event, and more people, especially as we get a little bit older, because the injuries have been there longer, are using mounting blocks. And then they started coming to me saying, you know, this is why I use the mounting blocks. My hip hurts, my knees hurt, um, I don't have the strength to get up. And what I really look at is, if you're still riding a horse, you're too young to not be able to get up on a horse. So, um, yeah, so they just started coming out of the woodwork saying, this is what's hurting, and what can I do? And I think they were almost afraid to say they hurt somewhere. There's also that impression, if you're an equestrian, you should be pretty tough and strong, and nothing should get to you. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that with, like, um, you know, people, you'll say one thing, like, oh, well, but I have this, and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's like a battle of who's been injured more, but mm -hmm. we should really be uh, trying to not get injured and, and prevent it any way that we can. Well, and here's the thing, too, is if you're injured and you're not cueing your horse correctly, you're compensating. Because, like, when we're, when we're injured and we're just simply walking on the ground, we'll change our gait. 
we change how we do daily activities. Well, if you're on your horse, and this is the second thing I've seen, is a rider will come out of the arena that I know is hurting somewhere. And they get frustrated when they come out of that sort pen because they're like, I cued my horse for this, and he went and did that. And it's like, you're changing how you cue your horse, too. Mm -hmm. And, of course, when we ride, whether English or Western, no matter the sport, how do we shifting our weight in the saddle? Well, a lot of equestrians are shifting their weight because of a back problem or a neck or shoulder. And, of course, the horse is like, okay, I feel that. This is what I'm going to do. And then I see a little bit of a battle going on. Oh, yeah. And I don't know about, like, if you can relate, but when I'm in the saddle, like, my left side of my leg is so much weaker. And I can feel my ankle, like, moving the way that it shouldn't. And so, it, yeah, and it, it goes back to, like, I've had some injuries on that side of the body, and I'm sure I'm compensating for it. Like, it's just, you know. Yeah, just recently um, I was in at Wyoming State Finals. And there was a gentleman, and his back, his low back, became so painful he could hardly move after riding all day. Well, the short of it is he had some previous knee or hip pains, and he started riding with his stirrups uneven because it felt better. But it just amplified. I do that. Oh, do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's my problem. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that's what we do is, you know, your brain just kind of tells you, you know, tell you what you just go ahead and do this and that, you'll feel better. And it may not be correct. You actually want to solve the issue versus trying to cover it up and create your own cast, so to speak. It doesn't work very long. Oh, 100%. Yeah, um, and I've noticed that, you know, if I'm sore somewhere on my body and then I'm riding for a long period of time without fixing that, mm -hmm. then my horse will kind of replicate some soreness on herself. And then it just causes a lot of other problems that, whereas if I would have just fixed it myself, then yeah. we wouldn't have had to go down a rabbit hole trying to figure out what's wrong with her. Right, right. And, you know, and, and that's why I always try to give people resources to go to. Uh, I do a lot of little video clips and send them to the individuals based on what their issue is. And then I also let them know what can they use to alleviate when they have a flare-up. Um, most people get caught up in thinking the only time they're going to feel good is if they're having an appointment with some therapist. Um, I've done my job and people don't need me anymore. So I give as many tools as possible for people to be able to take care of themselves uh, when they're traveling or they're at home. Can you kind of expand on that? Like, what do you, what is it that you do with riders? I, you said you do video clips, you do the personal training. What is, what is something that a rider would get with working with you? Well, um, there's all sorts of avenues I have, and I, I don't take them for granted. I've, I've had an incredible opportunity to work with some people that just lead in their field as doctors, uh, that a lot of trainers would just do anything to work with or for, and I've had that chance. So one of the examples is when I've got somebody that lives in another state, um, I have access to who is certified with certain strength training techniques. I have access to what doctors are certified and well-practiced in deep tissue work, or what's also known as ART. Um, I have access to somebody like Michaela, you know, Carrie Berry. I have access to a huge community, even outside of different states and counties, where I can say, tell you what, give me your zip code, and I'm going to look up who's most qualified in your area if you can't work directly with me. Um, you know, if somebody does give me some specifics, then I do a quick video and I send it to them so I can work with them in that aspect. Um, I have some videos on YouTube. Um, and then that, that's primarily how I can work with people long distance. When they're close, of course, I can do more one-on-one -on -one with them. I have some people, they'll show up at an event, and we'll book a half hour either ahead or on our downtime to where I'll work on them. 
either, you know, with the stretch therapy, some tractioning work, or I will coach them a little bit on some exercises at home. Yeah, it's a lot of different resources that I was not expecting at all. So that's awesome. And I remember one thing that you told me in previous conversation, and it was about how working with somebody who knows horses and how a rider is supposed to ride is an advantage for another rider as a fitness coach. So can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Since, you know, I work with somebody who doesn't always ride horses and isn't familiar with the sport that I do. So, you know, what's the difference in working with someone like that and working with someone like you? Um, well, I understand where the balance comes in matter if you're in an English saddle or a Western saddle, if you're on a horse that's broke or a horse that's not, because I've got that background. Um, I've had a kneecap broken. I've had both knees replaced. I've had several concussions, and that's another big issue with riders is concussions. Uh, when concussions go untreated, there are so many problems down the road, and people do not connect it with concussion. Um, and I've gone through all of that, so I understand what it takes to be in the saddle, whether I'm riding casually or I'm competing, um, I, I understand all the injuries I've had about all of them. So I can come from an angle of, I know exactly what you should be doing in that saddle. I know how that should feel. I know what you need to do with that horse based on that sport because I've done the barrel racing, the team roping, breakaway, goat tying. Um, I've done the English, uh, the horsemanship, the halter. I've done all of that. So it, it is kind of a... a rare combination that I was able to put together. Um, and sometimes when people cannot work with me in any aspect, um, then what I also do is if they already have a trainer on board that they feel a loyalty to, I will get hold of that trainer and say, this is, if you can, would you please work on this imbalance or would you stretch here? You know, I'll give them some cues and they appreciate it because they're not a rider. So they're like, that's exactly what I need in order to be successful with that client. So sometimes I'll pass that on to different trainers. Cool. And so you just touched on competition and not competing. So do you feel like you work more with people who compete or people who just love to ride? And is there maybe a stigma against um, if you do just ride that you can't be into fitness and that you shouldn't be into fitness? Or is it just for everyone? No, I've got it like a half and half. I've got a full spectrum of it. Because even if you're not competing... You don't know if a horse is going to blow up while you're out on the trail. You don't know if some crazy animal is going to come jumping out. Or you don't know if you're in a lope going down this path and the horse trips. And I've gone through that where the horse has gone down and I've gone over overhead. Um, so it's not limited uh, as far as fitness and in the equestrian world. It's not limited whether you're competitive or not. Cool. So that's really good to know. And I know that our audience varies in everything that they do. So... Mm -hmm. You know, that's good for them to know that, you know, whatever they love to do with their horse, that they should still yeah. be fit. And I know this time of year is a great time to especially have you on board because people are getting into their... Their New Year's resolutions. Yeah, so yeah. they want to start something new and all of that. So if somebody wants to get in contact with you mm -hmm. or another resource, how could they do so? There's uh, one of three ways, um, but the primary way would be through the production company. And our production company is called Coming In Hot Productions. And they can just email me directly at comingandhotproductions at gmail.com. Um, and then there's also Rider Fit Training. Uh, that, and, and all of these are on Facebook. I have Rider Fit on Facebook. I have Coming In Hot Productions on Facebook. 
Um, and then recently, I think I, I mentioned to you guys right before we started the podcast, is I also have access to a large facility in Colorado Springs. It's about 6,000 square feet, and it's private. And we have um, six to seven seminars booked there this year. So we have that going, and that's called The Real Sensei um, 2018 at gmail.com. And that's also on Facebook. So a lot of access on Facebook through Writer Fit. We're coming in hot productions. Um, and the only other thing I'll, I'll give you guys a little throw on here is I think the other reason equestrians shy away from thinking I don't have time for fitness is also I don't have access. Mm -hmm. There's a big misconception that the only way you are getting fit is if you're lifting weights, and that mm -hmm. is not the case at all. Most everything I do with equestrian is with resistance bands, uh, with a TRX, um, and a lot of floor work. It's not, and, and their own body weight work, it is not putting together programs where there's a bench press involved mm -hmm. and, you know, a squat rack. It's not that. So you, you definitely don't have to have access. Like if you, you don't. yeah, you can, mm -hmm. you can do your workout in the barn if you have room, yeah, you know? You can. Yeah, you can. And, and oftentimes too, I've even brought some things at the, at sorting. And again, in between downtime, I can even hook this apparatus called the TRX right up mm -hmm. to the horse trailer and we'll do some stretch work or I'll have them do some very specific works for their issue. Um, and then I'll teach them stretches, especially when there's neck problems or back problems. A lot of times the back problem isn't because of the back, it's because of the hamstrings. Mm -hmm. So I teach a lot of stretches right on location. And then it's hard for them to remember that because that's not their forte. So then I just email kind of some things we discussed and give them more specifics and they're, they're on their way. Yeah, I feel like that's really relatable because before I started working out here, I had never stepped foot into a gym. I was one of those people who... I ride horses, so I should be fit enough, and boy, have I learned that I was wrong, <laughs> and that you can be so much better at riding if you do work out and even do the simplest things, and I enjoy hearing that you don't have to go to a gym, because no. gyms are scary to some people, and I mean, pretty much when you don't have time, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, having an at-home workout is one of the best things yeah. and one of the greatest resources, especially coming from a fellow equestrian. And it's not expensive. You get a set of resistance bands. Uh, you get a fit ball that you can blow up, maybe a mat on the floor. Um, and then, you know, the biggest um, investment would be with, with uh, the TRX. But otherwise, you, that's not a requirement. Everything you, if you can learn to work with your own body weight, that's really what you're doing on the horse too. So you need to learn to do that on the ground. Right. So I think that that's everything that I have to ask Great. you, Chris, unless you have anything else to add that our listeners would love to hear about. I know that this has been an interesting conversation for oh, myself, good. and I am sure yeah. Nicole has also enjoyed asking her questions because Nicole loves to work out just a little bit more than I do. So, <laughs> and, you know, anything to make ourselves better riders is always, you know, that's the, that's the yeah, being better riders, having more longevity to, you know, your riding hobby or career. But like I said, then if you're competing, you've got to be able to work as a team on that horse. And a lot of people are way off. And they get frustrated with the horse because they don't quite understand what's happening from their position. Right. It's not always the horse. Most of the time it's us <laughs> yeah. as a rider. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. Uh -huh. so. It is. It All is. right. Well, it's been so great talking to you. Oh, and I hope you. that, you know, we can connect and do more in the future and as our listeners I hope that you guys let us know what you think about this interview with Chris and how you liked 
the different variety that we have since Chris is not a horse trainer. She is a personal trainer. Yeah, and um, like Michaela mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, going into the new year, we are going to start branching out on our podcast some more. Um, so expect some more interviews in the future. And we're really, really excited to work with all sorts of different people. And for this episode's Horse of the Week, we have a horse brought to you by A Home for Every Horse, which was created in 2011 in result to a partnership between the Equine Network, the nation's leading publisher of equine-related content, and the American Horse Council's United Horse Coalition. The program provides resources for 501c3 horse organizations. Visit ahomeforeveryhorse.com for more information. This week's horse is Rhapsody, and he is a great thoroughbred. He's quite tall, beautiful. He's a little bit on the older side, but definitely the horse that if you want to hit the trails, he's the one for you. I love an older senior horse that's going to just pack you around and take care of you. He looks like he would be an awesome horse. Um... For somebody who just wanted to just have a nice, pretty one to ride because that he's cool-colored, good-headed. Yeah, and it sounds like even though he's older, he has a lot of life left in him. Um, they say that he'll be really, really great to either put on the trails or um, stay in the ring. Uh, I guess he has a, a past of being an event horse, but it sounds like jumping is no longer part of his lifestyle, so... But that's all right. I mean, you know, you can do a little bit of light jumping, they said. So if you just want to go over a couple jumps that are smaller, I'm sure he'd be great for that. Or like we said, just trail or take him to the ranch and maybe do some ranching on him. He's kind of a bigger dude. So perfect for that. And I mean, we have the perfect article on, you know, Mm -hmm. transitioning a thoroughbred to a ranch horse. So if you want to learn how to do that, check out our website and you can learn how to take this guy. He can be your special project. And make him into a ranch horse. Yeah, they say his temperament is a is a five on a scale of one to ten, uh, which probably means he would have some try for that sort of activity. So, sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah, and he's only a thousand dollars, so quite the deal for this guy. And he's located in Massachusetts, so which is a good fit. The thoroughbreds are popular on the East Coast, so Massachusetts is a great state for him to hopefully find his forever home. Yeah, so he is a 1997 model. Like I said, he's a little bit older, but we love our senior horses around here. So don't just turn your eye because he's a senior horse. Or if you are looking for a younger horse, head over to a homeforeveryhorse.com where you can search all of the adoptable horses. Just click on adoptable horses and that will take you to equine.com where you can search for Rhapsody or any other horse that you are interested in. And if you do adopt a horse, let us know. We want to know about how you adopted him and all of your stories that you have with him. Thank you guys for tuning into the Ride Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this profile. As always, remember to go subscribe so you get a notification every time we release a new episode. While you're there, why don't you give us a rating? We want to know how we're doing, and this also helps other listeners find us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. See you next time.